When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is George Newbern, the voice of Superman, and you're listening to the DCAU Review, hosted by Cal and Liam, streaming at DCAUReview.com and on your favorite podcast app. Get charged up for action that'll shock your system. Tell me that's not cool. An unstoppable superhero and his crew embark on impossible missions and will bring mutated villains to justice. When static's in the house, bad guys better step off. Pull the plug on crime with the adventures of Static Shock. Yeah! Welcome, everybody, to episode 211 of the DCAU Review. I am Cal, and with me, my good friend, good brother, the man that runs our Twitter account. That's right, Liam. Liam, we are wrapping up. Hard to believe we've made it through May. June is knocking at our door. And uh, But before we, we turn the page, we have one additional review staying in sunny and sometimes red skies as we learn to this week's episode of dakota and static shock that's right calum we have a pretty darn interesting episode to talk about this completes our uh, dcau quadrilogy of evil twin episodes i believe you pointed so. that out on social media this week. I, I didn't realize there were that many uh, to, to pick from, but we could have done a whole month on this. Yes, yes. This is this is where hindsight becomes 2020 and all that. But, <laughs> but yes, uh, Static has to deal with his own evil twin, as we just suggested in the episode replay. That is right, Liam. And before we jump into our official synopsis for this week's episode, I will mention that this episode originally aired on the Kids WB here in the United States back on March the 3rd, 2001, meaning, yep, this is officially legal to drink in all 50 states <laughs> of the U.S. here, uh, 21 years old, just past the 21-year anniversary back in March. But Liam, as we get into this week's official IMDb synopsis brought to you by the pod tower that's right don't forget check us out on the pod tower subscribe to that channel head on over to youtube.com slash the pod tower and uh, not only can you get great content from us our entire library all up there in video form it's not actual video form but it's videos with audio so if you consume your podcast that way it's a great way to do so subscribe to it that supports us and it supports our fellow dcau content creators that are also featured on the channel absolutely cal and so a little bit of an addendum to this uh the imdb synopsis for this week uh is wrong <laughs> um like it, it they part of the synopsis addresses this episode the rest of it appears to address the plot of a different static shock episode i'm here so for this. like so should i read both still or should yes. i cut it off at the absolutely you okay. should. all right all right so here's what's what the I, the lovely IMDb synopsis, uh, uh, what the official IMDb synopsis says for this episode replay, 
which was written by Len Yuli and Brooks Wachtel, uh, directed by Dennis Cowan, with music by Stanley Clark and animation by Coco. And that synopsis reads as such. Static's latest nemesis replay can create energy clones of himself. During battle, Sharon becomes suspicious that Virgil and Static are the same. <laughs> During battle, Sharon becomes suspicious that Virgil and Static are the same and decides to prove her theory correct. Yeah, I think that's for, that's the synopsis for Brother Sister Act. Um, not not definitely not replay. Um, this mm-hmm. one gets a failing grade. This would this would definitely get a see me after class. Mm-hmm. Out you the page. Not only did you not read the book, you didn't even like read the Wikipedia entry on the on the topic correctly. So you, you copied the, the pages were stuck together, and uh, you copied <laughs> the uh, the synopsis that somebody else had had pasted into the uh, into the book, or or you just Googled something when you were half asleep, and uh, and just pasted in. Yeah, that's a fail grade. That's that's a big old. Uh, the first part of that sentence is as, a, as we begin to break into plot is uh, is that we we get a new metahuman and uh, we start off where lots of episodes of Static Shock. I feel like more than I re- ever realized until maybe this month. We're in this mall a lot. Dakota Mall, a very <laughs> popular supervillain uh, mm-hmm. destination. Mm-hmm. Lots of stuff to steal, and uh, we actually get the origins this week of the of the Dakota Mall. <laughs> Mall, huh? It's okay. Still no kid circus, though. Kid circus? Oh, yeah, an amusement park we went to when we were kids. There's still a little bit of it left behind the parking structure. Oh, it's like they paved over a piece of your childhood. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> oh well, c'est la vie. <laughs> what is it? A fire? No. Robbery. That's right. As we uh, we kick it off with uh, first, we see this mysterious uh, person that we come to find out as our, our villain of the piece, the aforementioned replay, uh, or uh, Johnny, as I believe his uh, his actual first name is. But uh, they they he is uh, in a a jewelry store in the mall, sort of looking over a a watch, and uh, sort of the uh, the guy working behind the counter is explaining it to him, but. Uh, he quickly notices that this guy looks familiar to him, and and it's uh, it's made very clear that he was in fact this former former child star, uh, and he he introduces himself as Johnny Morrow, who uh, from Johnny on the spot. That's right. <laughs> this before, is apparently a before, national television show that we find out was apparently filmed in Dakota. So, man, Hollywood man. of the Midwest. <laughs> I, I I don't know what like is this Detroit? Like, what city is this supposed like? I, I don't. Stand in for? <laughs> I have I have no idea, and I'm not. I've, I'll be honest with you. I was very distracted during this opening scene because the man showing Johnny the watch is Black Alfred. I I was gonna say that. <laughs> It literally looks like you took the new Batman Adventures model for Alfred and uh, gave him a very dark tan. And uh, yes, he is he is African American or Black Alfred. <laughs> oh, so funny. <clears throat> May I help you, sir? Tell me about that one. Ah, uh, yes, the Chronotech Two Thousand. It's a timepiece, a pager, and a wireless internet browser. What are you looking at? 
Sorry, but you look familiar. Well, duh. I'm Johnny Morrow. <laughs> I'm sorry. Who? Little Johnny Morrow. I was 10 years old and I had my own TV series, Johnny on the Spot. My face was on T-shirts and lunchboxes. The whole country loved me. They wanted to talk like me, dress like me, be me. And who could blame them? Yeah. Then the network dumped me, and it all stopped. The limos, the fan clubs, the money, gone. I see. Well, have a good day. What are you doing? Oh, well, you just said you don't have any money. Who needs money? You're just going to give it to me. Says who? Says them. But yeah. It's funny that we both put that in, uh, in our notes. <laughs> yeah, says... So as this gentleman working behind the uh, the counter is, uh, you know, hearing hearing Johnny sort of uh, regale him with tales of his former fame, uh, he certainly starts to think that maybe something's up, and that's when we see a person who looks just like Johnny uh, attacks the uh, the person working behind the counter, and we we quickly find out that uh, he's not working alone. And before we can really see what happens in that uh, in that jewelry store, we cut a few floors up to the food court where. Uh, Virgil, Richie, and Daisy are, are hanging out and they're discussing, as you mentioned, Cal, we get the origins of the small, that there's this, it used to be this uh, theme park that was sort of torn down and abandoned and you can even still see some of the wreckage behind it, which in the moment, I'm like, why are they talking about this? But there's, <laughs> there is a reason that we find out. It's because later on, uh, Static chases, chases Johnny into this, uh, into this, uh, wreckage of this theme park because they needed to have a hall of mirrors um well that and so many fans all you know so many people had been asking you know that's right where where did the mall come from you know that people yes. people were asking oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, if we yeah if we've heard that question once we've heard it a thousand times in our uh, in our instagram and where did Twitter. Where did the Dakota Mall originate from? We'll be doing, we'll be doing a Dakota Mall character spotlight episode uh, in our next. <laughs> oh, yeah. <sighs> Coming in 2047. We, uh, That's right. Get the Dakota 50 years spotlight. from now, whenever now is. That right. Be coming. Exactly. But yes, as mentioned, Virgil, Richie, and Daisy are discussing this old torn down theme park and that the mall is now sort of sitting on that property where the theme park used to be. And as they're discussing things, they hear uh, an alarm go off and they rush down to see what's going on. And it's clear that uh, not only the jewelry store is being robbed, but several places, all who look exactly like this, uh, this former child star, Johnny. And, uh, and as Static is able to feign some food poisoning to get away from, from Daisy and Richie and go suit up, he uh, he flies into action and he he's very quickly outnumbered as the uh, the replay clones are using uh, golf balls. They're hitting golf balls at him and and uh, they they just sort of overwhelm him with the sheer numbers eventually. And things are looking bad, but uh, Static is able to kind of turn things back around and and the clones run off with some of their their ill gotten gains and. Static's able to sort of follow one of them and, and finally sees that, that they are leading them back to this Chekhov's abandoned theme park <laughs> as, we, uh, as we find uh, as Static sort of sneaks in and we see uh, the main replay speaking to his clone and yelling at him that uh, did, did Static find him and, and did Static follow him and he gets so frustrated with him that he erases him, which confuses Static, because of course, to this point in the episode, we 
don't quite know what this metahuman's powers are. And so Static is very, uh, very concerned, but uh, we quickly get our, our little bit of exposition from, uh, from Johnny as he tells us that he creates energized duplicates of himself. Uh, he's multiple man from the X-Men. That's, yes. that's basically what he is. Yep. Um, Look, it's a simple question. Did Static follow you or not? Don't know. You know what? You make me embarrassed to be me. In fact, get out of my sight. No! Whoa, what is with you, man? See, I told you. The idiot led Static right to us. Hey, forget that. You just wiped out your own brother. My what? Static. Babe, wake up and smell the croissants. They're duplicates. Energy clones. Made them all by myself. You're a metahuman. Duh, huh, huh. Wait a sec. Don't I know you? Well, I did have my own TV show when I was 10. Oh, yeah. What's his name? Johnny Morrow. But you can call me Replay. Which one of you is real? Me. No, me. I am. Me. I am. And they sort of again try to overwhelm Static with uh, with with uh, sheer numbers of his clones, but Static's able to kind of pull out a couple tricks of his own to uh, to defeat them seemingly. And they they sort of clash, and they their energies meet in the middle, and there's this giant explosion. And Static comes to for a moment and seemingly sees a uh, a second Static uh, get up and run away. But before he can kind of react to that, the wreckage of this already sort of decaying theme park crashes down and knocks him unconscious and uh we're in for sort of a rude awakening as uh, as richie and daisy sort of begin to speak about how they're concerned for virgil and daisy i actually thought was very funny that she, she points out that virgil just does this all the time he just leaves and then doesn't come back <laughs> it's just super normal whereas richie thinks he's been gone for so long that it doesn't even make sense even knowing that Virgil is really static so I thought that was kind of a clever bit of a, a dialogue there but yes yeah, so, so as they're beginning to talk outside of the uh, outside of the mall they see some uh, police officers and 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 reporters and such pull up and just then they see static flying by and it seems like all is right in the world until it's not <laughs> Yeah, when it goes bad, it's really bad. And in this case, for poor Virgil, who's still unconscious at this point, it's about to get real bad. And uh, we'll say that in their dialogue, as they were as they were tussling in the House of Mirrors, Johnny did mention uh, that he, you know, that once people turn on Static, that he'll see how bad it is. And clearly, this is his motivation. Still comes from being a, a forgotten, canceled star of the. Uh, of the silver no silver screens the movies what screen is the the tv screen what screen uh bronze screen (laughs) plastic Uh, screen tv (laughs) somebody somebody tweet us the answer that's our action item for this week uh (laughs) find out which screen the tv screen is got it that's our engagement farming for this week we're gonna we're gonna put that post up on instagram <laughs> tell us what this what kind of screen the television screen is. there we go but uh yes so he did he did reveal his motivation clearly he's quite uh quite upset that he's been forgotten and that uh, he was fired or, or that he was let go of his job from his job after his tv show was canceled 
So uh, during this time, as you mentioned, Static appears and it's uh, cheers and hoorays, but then Static does something a little bit out of character as he decides to dispense all of the money from the ATMs in the area and steal it. So immediately, I, I love this. I love the, just the absolutely ins insanity of this episode, the insane nature in which people behave in cartoons. <laughs> Everyone immediately believes that this static has just decided to go rogue. All of the bad or all the good is completely washed away. And honestly, it's not a bad metaphor for uh, us as a society. We live in a society, you see, where <laughs> one one bad day can truly define your entire life. And uh, people were ready to believe, apparently, that Static had, had turned rogue. So uh, in, in that, Static eventually wakes up and uh, believes maybe seeing his do this doppelganger was a dream or something in the House of Mirrors that he saw. Uh, in the midst of a static doppelganger stealing all of the money out of the ATMs, Richie approaches him and it begins to try and talk sense into him only for the doppelganger static to pick him up and static cling him essentially to a, a billboard and hold him there. Uh, so we get a flashback to Virgil's house as he's uh, he's worse for wear. Uh, sitting at the table with Robert and uh, and and Sharon, and uh, they begin to tell him about the bad news, and he's clearly out of it. Uh, they flip on the TV, and just by accident, the TV happens to be in the middle of the hottest story of the day, which apparently <laughs> is that Static has gone rogue. Ooh, you look like you were hit by a ton of bricks. Yeah, I've had better days. You're not the only one. The whole city seems depressed. About what? About Static turning outlaw. <laughs> Say what? which has left all of Dakota City in shock. Local law enforcement could only stand and watch as static struck throughout the city. In a related development, Chief of Police Barnsdale has announced... This isn't happening. I know. I can't believe it either. It's a shame. He was such a nice young man. He was. I mean, he is. To think he had us fooled all this time. Even me. Static is absolutely shocked. So uh, at this point, he's uh, he's he's quite upset, and uh, we see that Static has actually the Static doppelganger has made yet another appearance in the middle of this news conference uh, that the that Chief Barnsdale has called. He's announced that he's starting this anti-metahuman task force, uh, complete with non-lethal weapons. But uh, he's going to set out this task force to apprehend all metahumans, including Static, who's been added to the list at this point. Static interrupts, the Static doppelganger interrupts the news conference by starting another crime. So the, uh, the chief excuses himself and immediately deploys this very ready-to-go task force. And, uh, <laughs> and I was just going to say, if you're one of the actual supervillains that's already attacked Dakota, this is, I believe, the... This is one of the last episodes of the season, of uh -huh. the first season. Don't you feel a little insulted that he didn't roll this out until Static went <laughs> bad? Because, like, we've seen our Ebon's, Hot Streaks, Talon, Shiv, like all these big, uh, you know, these big bads that, that uh, Static's had to deal with. Carmen Dillo, of course. Of course. Uh, uh, all the big ones. Uh, like, aren't you a little bit, aren't you a little bit insulted if it took Static going bad for the for the chief of police to make an entirely uh, you focused uh, task yeah. force. 
Absolutely. Yes. I guess with the final straw was that the one metahuman that was on our side uh, is no longer on our side. So we can no longer Mm -hmm. send out a metahuman out there. So now we must defend ourselves. Seems like a bad strategy, but what else, (laughs) what else can you expect from people that are in charge these days? Am I right? Mm -hmm. Oh, moving on. Uh, So yes. uh, so, So static is uh, decides to go out at because he's watching and decides he's going to go try and stop the crime spree from happening and uh, and he arrives too late. The static doppelganger escapes, but of course the they don't know that there's a doppelganger, so he's public enemy number number one, and the task force attempts to take static down. Uh, he after narrowly escaping through the sewers, uh, he attempts. Uh, to get in touch with Richie. And uh, that kind of leads us to our, our next little spot as uh, he's uh, Richie uh, lets him know that uh, he, like everybody else is quite ready to believe that static has a gone crazy and, uh, and B is, uh, is uh, no longer welcome at his house. He believes that he's, he's truly gone, gone rogue at this point. Go away. Come on, Rich. I've been calling you for an hour. Let me in. No, thanks. I don't want to spend the rest of the night stuck to my ceiling. You don't think I did that to you, do you? I said... I heard what you said. Look, how do you know it wasn't you? I'm not following you. All the other metahumans are criminals. Maybe it just took you longer to go wacko. Maybe you have a split personality. Wait a sec. That's it. I chased Replay to the funhouse, right? We fought. There was this big explosion. So you got hit in the head? No. Well, yeah, but that's not the point. Before I passed out, I swear I saw someone who looked just like me. Uh Uh-huh. I thought it was just my reflection in a mirror, but now I'm not sure. Call me crazy, but maybe Replay somehow cloned me. You're right, bro. You're crazy. Um... We, we did get a, a minor sort of story bridge here where we, we see Johnny gloating that his doppelganger is, uh, has successfully stolen all of this money and continues to ruin Static's life on top of it. Uh, he attempts to unmask Static, but uh, we get our, our episode-defining uh, difference between... Uh, here, spot the difference, kids, between who the real <laughs> Static is and who isn't. Uh, as uh, he pulls Static's mask off only to have this white noise effect underneath, which I thought was kind of cool. We'll talk about that mm-hmm. in visuals. But uh, yeah, so he leaves Static's mask off, so he kind of has this white noise effect across his face. Um, and, uh, and he actually reaches in his pocket and he pulls out... Now, this is where I don't understand. So the mask, mm-hmm. there's nothing under the mask, but there's a there's a, a physical shock box in his in his pocket. Uh, yeah, I was I was gonna say because yeah, ideally it, in the no the static under the mask, the static, uh, pun very much intended, under the mask makes sense because he only cloned what he saw. He doesn't know what static looks like under the mask, so he couldn't clone Virgil's entire face. But it's like somehow not seeing the shock box, he created a perfect duplicate of it 
not only a duplicate of it, it works because he then immediately uses it to call static on the uh, on the shock box. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty pretty hilarious. Uh, this this unfortunately ultimately is his undoing as static figures that if uh, if it works as a as a walkie talkie that he might be able to turn it into a uh, in a one way listening device. So he returns to Richie in an attempt to plead with Richie to to help him out. Richie is still very apprehensive towards uh, towards Static, but Static swears that uh, he hasn't gone rogue and that everything is is uh, is just not what it quite what it seems. Uh, so he asks and begs begs Gear to assist him. Uh, th- together, the two of them are able to uh, to get to the bottom of it and are able to reverse the polarity, as they used to say. So able to, <laughs> to, to make this shock box uh, function as an intercom system. So he's able to listen in. And it's this point that uh, Gear finally believes and hears, uh, because Johnny, of course, is expositioning at this point about how he's set static up. So why, you know, why else, what else would you be doing if you were in a, in a room full of your own clones, but gloating and talking about how great it is that you ruined Static's life? This should be working, but all I'm getting is noise. Let me listen. So now you know my plan, boys. It's replay. No money this time. Just revenge. Those idiots ruined my life. Now I'm gonna ruin theirs. You all know what to do, so let's do it! Of course. That's, uh, you know, the, the undoing of, uh, of, of, of every villain this way is... Uh, is always his uh, his need to expositionize or expose, <laughs> yes, something, something exposit, like exposit. The word is exposit. Anywho, uh, yeah, they <laughs> we get to, we get to our big finale in the uh, in the in the studio, which kind of sets up a fun final fight. Again, we'll get to that in uh, voice acting. But yes, uh, Richie is able to uh, to make it inside the studio. He follows Virgil to the uh, to the studio, and when he when he he turns on the camera and sees him. He he realizes that Virgil's telling the truth and activates a, a I guess a robot like remote control camera. Yeah, that, sure. Uh, that follows uh, that follows and broadcasts it. Not just and there's a nice big red button, as there always is in uh, in things like this that uh, makes it broadcast live to the entire nation. Apparently, of course. Uh, so Richie hits that button. So everybody, including all of the police. Uh, out, standing outside the studio are then alerted to the fact that there are in fact two statics there is a an evil doppelganger and that leads to maybe my favorite quote in any show we've ever done which is when the police chief says all right men let's go in there and get that actor <laughs> there is an evil twin Camera controls on air. Override. Hope this works. So how's it feel, babe, now that nobody likes you anymore? Ready to move in, sir. Wait. That's little Johnny Morrow. (laughs) I used to watch his show. It's their fault. They ruined my life. Get over it, man. You're gonna trash the whole building just because they canceled your show? Yes. And the beauty part is, when we're through, the whole world will think you did it. 
Okay, gentlemen, let's go in there and get that actor. Now it's time to cancel you, Static. Uh, are you sure you want to do that? On national television? I, I'm on TV again? Incredible. We'll talk more about it in voice, <laughs> voice acting, but Police Chief was a lot of fun in this episode. Agreed. Um, but yes, uh, that, that leads us to our final fight, and Static is still a little bit overwhelmed by not only having to deal with, uh, with replay, but with his his own evil clone, so to speak. But finally, he's able to overwhelm and overpower. Thanks to a little bit of a distraction, Johnny notices that he's on camera. And at first, he's so uh, so in awe and so happy that he's finally achieved his dream to get, get back a little bit of his fame uh, before realizing that uh, if he is on camera, that that means that everyone knows that he is the the true mastermind behind this this evil static plot. And before he can really react, uh, the real static is able to throw the clone into Jimmy and electrocute both of them, which causes Jimmy's powers seemingly to short circuit and all of his clones, including the evil static, disappear just as the the metahuman task force bursts in. And uh, that's, uh, we, we get a nice little bow on the episode as uh, as Virgil and Richie kind of have a little bit of a heart to heart at the end and, and discuss things a little bit more and and uh, yeah, we 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 have our 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 happy ending there. As uh, as there's uh, there's all all is back right in the world, and uh, and Virgil and Richie have made up, and and uh, and Static's good name has been restored. V, sure I'm not the evil twin. Oh yeah, the twin's better looking. When I asked for your help with the shock box, you had your doubts, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Then why'd you help? I just went with my gut, and that was the right call. Speaking of guts, how about some cheesesteaks? On me? On you? Excuse me, you're buying? <laughs> Maybe you're the clone after all. Thank God. And, and uh, we get a little bit of, of fun as, as Static offers to treat Richie to, uh, to some food. And Richie says, Maybe you are the doppelganger. Ah, uh, what a way to end it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, William, I, as much as this episode has a lot of boy, isn't that happenstance or boy, that's a lot of exposition or, you know, boy, these people were really quick to jump to believe that static was not a good person or including Richie, his best friend. Uh Um, As much of that, I don't think is great. And that probably affected my score by a couple points. I really enjoyed this episode. It's a lot of fun. Maybe it's just the classic doppelganger evil twin storyline it's effective and it works and there's a reason why most cartoons at some point will revert to that that storytelling device because it works it's fun it's fun visuals you get two of the same character on the screen usually get those characters interacting with themselves you get to see what would happen if they went up against themselves it's it's a lot of fun so the fact that we get uh, we get some of that and the, the, the replay character although i kind of feel like would have been a little bit more interesting just to see static go up against him as opposed to a replicated version of static uh and and to see how he dealt with this person mm-hmm. that can seemingly multiply himself into in numerous people um i still think it was a lot of fun uh and it's uh it was it was definitely an enjoyable 22 minutes so uh, i ended up giving plot a uh a seven out of ten what about you 
<laughs> yes, I, I ended up giving it the exact same score of a, a 7 out of 10 as well. Pretty much all the reasons you mentioned. It is a, it is a whole bunch of fun. We'll certainly talk about the, the visuals and the voice acting and things like that later that sort of enhance this. But yeah, as a plot, it's, it's like, we, like we talked about earlier, every, every show, including every DCAU show seemingly, had to do some sort of uh, a slant on the evil twin idea. And this one is, uh, is, is a lot of fun as well. And to see static kind of at odds with the whole city, you get, you see civilians throwing eggs at him and the cops are after him. And even his best friend doesn't, doesn't, uh, doesn't believe him. It feels like real desperate for him. And that uh, in the end, the, uh, this, this fame hound villain is so, so uh, in love with himself idea that he'll become a star again that you know his his pride and hubris is his own undoing and that's that's always a good little uh you know satisfying end to an episode of of static so uh yeah overall i think uh, yeah not not the greatest of all time we pointed out there's some real silly stuff and some things that don't really quite make sense if you think about it too hard but uh overall still a, a very good time yeah, it's a little bit of a different play than we we have a similar plot threads in the baby doll episode of Batman the Animated Series, which we haven't mm-hmm. discussed yet. But like the the price of fame and once you're a, a child actor and you're over the hill and forgotten and all of that stuff and the, the real life things that a lot of child actors end up going through and the troubles that they have afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, this one, I feel like was definitely played for more laughs than it was for that, you know, that darker edge that the baby doll episode has from my recollection but mm. uh but yeah it's 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 a it's a plot that works uh there are different aspects outside of that that work really well so yeah i think uh, as far as execution is concerned this is a this is a pretty good one agreed all right, Liam, let's move on to our next category, and that is going to be visuals and animation. So I believe I saw Coco is responsible for the animation. At least they were listed as the animation mm-hmm. this week. Um, I will say, so yeah, the first thing that I noticed was the character model uh, of Alfred uh, in that first scene. Uh, <laughs> that was that was that we mentioned in the plot. That was uh, Alfred, if you will. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I enjoyed that. That was uh, it was also somewhat distracting for that entire scene. But I was like, oh, so this is what it would look look like if they put Alfred in the uh, in the static series. But uh, yeah, what did uh, what stood out for you as far as as visuals and animation go for the uh, for the entire episode? Well, my first thing is is uh, the design for uh, our villain of the piece. Uh, he's just in like a purple sweatshirt <laughs> and blue <laughs> jeans, and I thought maybe by the end he'd have like a some sort of like more akin to a supervillain outfit. But now he's just 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 rocking the uh, the uh, the purple sweat sweater throughout this whole thing so i like i he has like this very i think unique look among statics bad guys maybe because he isn't either an animal or doesn't have like a wacky costume or something so oh, that was kind of fun and then kind of uh, reminded me his in the face and hair reminded me of fry from futurama a little bit ooh, yeah good call good call like, he's definitely got the red hair he's kind of got that that lurchy face like hanging towards the bottom there I, I don't know I thought maybe like in my mind's eye it was like does Fry wear purple he doesn't but no. it's like okay just just in the face oh yeah I see it I totally see it but uh but yeah I, I like that design and then I uh 
that I think that that's some of the, the most fun that first fight that Static and he have in the in the mall where as we mentioned they're like shooting golf balls at him and then they like three of them grab a like a, a bench in the mall and are like throw, running it at Static like it's a battering ram and he zaps it and kind of sends it flying and they go flying with it. Like they did some, I thought some pretty creative stuff. And then in the, uh, in the uh, aforementioned abandoned uh, amusement park, I like that the backgrounds and stuff in there are really cool. The hall of mirrors is always like a cool superhero fight uh, destination. And I thought that was cool. And, and the bit where they sort of, you know, they sort of go and they sort of, you know, grab hands for lack of a better term they sort of put static's power against his power and there's this bright flash of light and then uh you know the big explosion and everything i thought that was a really cool sequence and the way they kind of framed and animated uh when when the doppelganger is first revealed and static sitting there and at first they're sort of perfect mirror images to each other with and you're not quite sure what you're looking at but then you do see the other static get up and run away and really before you even have a chance to you see the the building start to collapse and you know we fade to black and 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 we cut to our, our next scene and uh, uh richie getting <laughs> richie getting a static cling to the billboard and this slow pan out where they're like where he's where he's like oh i can't believe you would do this to me and then it pans out to three other people already being stuck there i thought it was really <laughs> really funny and there's a there's a cute line from the the cop on it like well if it makes you feel better he's had a lot of practice today or something like that <laughs> like it's a very funny and just the the way that's again that's that's shot and, and animated is very funny where you get the, the sort of the, the drama of static grabbing grabbing Richie and flying him up and sticking him to the thing and then just kind of the, the very slow comedic pan out as you realize there's four other people stuck up there or whatever I thought was really funny so and then and then I, I liked the uh, the environment for the the final fight like on the on the television sets where they're crashing through like there's like a living room that they're in but then they crash into like an office set and they're like flying through the walls and I thought that was kind of a creative and, and unique uh, finale it's not just like a sewer or a street or the Dakota Mall yeah I I agree yeah those were the majority of the notes that I had I also notated the the golf ball r- replicants shooting golf balls at him I thought that was fun um, yeah I <laughs> I, uh, I I think that the final scene being on a on a sitcom set was was pretty great. I I like that ju- even if it was just a plot point for the episode, they were like, oh yeah, didn't they just build a new building with a giant television out in front of the building downtown? <laughs> oh yeah, that's the new studio. Let's that's probably where he's headed. Uh, so I, I thought that would have been an interesting site to revisit. Uh, obviously, it was introduced late into the late into the plot. So maybe having some fight uh, fight happen in the outside because there's a fountain there and the giant TV. But uh, having it inside okay, was was an OK choice as well. Uh, I also love the uh, the continued DCAU tradition of the inept SWAT team uh, who continued to just be terrible at their job. They didn't blow anything up by accident. They didn't shoot any missiles at near uh, near near uh, trucks full of of gasoline or <laughs> uh giant uh, explosives and shoot shoot uh 
uh, flares into rooms filled with explosives like we've seen in the past. But I do love that this task force that was just ready to go at like a the drop of a hat just were terrible, <laughs> absolutely terrible at their job. So that uh, keeping that that DCAU tradition alive there. But uh, yeah, other than that, um, I, I think that while visuals were were fun, I, I think having the static doppelganger and the white noise underneath of his mask, like I alluded to in the plot, you always it seems like in these shows, you always have to do something to differentiate the 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 doppelganger from the mm-hmm. the actual hero we talked about that uh, most recently uh, when we had jordan gibson on for uh, his silicon soul which you can hear in the archives at dcaureview.com uh, but uh, you know there were some things that they did to the the hard act batman that way when they were fighting you could tell who was the robot and who was the actual batman so for this having uh having static get his this the doppelganger get his mask removed was easier to differentiate between the two of them and then in the final fight uh having johnny put on sunglasses as he left the uh apartment differentiated him from his his doppelgangers as well so uh, i like those cute little things that you can always point to and go oh this is because they need to differentiate so that the viewer at home be it an adult or a child can can tell who's the real one uh mm-hmm. but yeah uh, other than that, I didn't have uh, too much other than I will say the last thing, the last thing I loved Static's initial change of clothes in the uh, in the mall bathroom. He goes into a bathroom stall, <laughs> sort of a play on the classic Superman telephone booth. He just goes into a bathroom stall and comes uh, as Virgil and then comes out as Static. And then uh, he flies out of the room and you see a a very confused gentleman leave his own stall, kind of wondering what that loud boom was. So I I did enjoy that classic play on a on a Superman transformation there. But uh, yeah, uh, all of that considered, I ended up giving visuals and animation a seven out of ten. What about you? Yeah, I went just one point higher of an eight out of ten. Yeah, I think this one's just super fun, like I said, for, for all the reasons we've already touched about the brief as it may be the the static uh police fight i also really enjoyed where he's sort of using his powers to shield himself at first and they sort of launch this bright lights at him they shoot tear gas we get the the rare occasion where static actually uses his uh, his big yellow goggles uh and and then him sort of flipping out of the fight by uh, noticing the uh the sewer grate and pulling it off and then f- sort of floating down through the the manhole and then pulling the uh, the grate back behind him i thought that was a a fun little sequence as well so yeah there's a lot of a lot of fun to be had here and and all the other flourishes we've already talked about like the the evil static with the uh the the, the static behind his eyes and all that stuff is uh, is very very cool as well agreed let's move on to our next category liam which is music and um, I will be open and honest, not a ton of musical notes that I, <laughs> that I took down for this week, uh, other than uh, applause for the fact that there were no lyrics other than your classic static shock theme song. So um, yeah, I think there was a couple of effective uses of the static theme. There was a couple of scene transition musical ditties that i that i notated but other than that i i didn't really have anything that stuck out to me when it came to uh to music what about you yeah no i think the the most the time i noticed it the most when there wasn't any music there's not really music when he goes into the the fun house the the hall of mirrors or whatever 
from really the moment that Replay is arguing with his first clone through when they sort of have their clash and the thing blows up. I guess they bring it they bring it to music once the explosion happens, but it's it's pretty silent. And then when when Virgil sort of first comes to underneath the the rubble, he he sort of has that same uh, it's it's sort of is laying out again. They don't really uh, they don't really put it into too thick there yeah the static theme is always good i don't know if we've ever mentioned it but in these uh these older episodes at the end that the end of the episode is always someone i believe it's uh, i believe it's a lot of the times it's dan reba's hand uh uh sketching the character a character from the episode mm-hmm. i like i always like that little musical bit i think it's just another part of maybe the, of the of the main season one static theme but i i always like that little musical uh stinger they put there at the end but yeah, I have uh, I had very little to say about music other than that. Uh, other than we mentioned the the static theme used a little bit and and some of that other uh, what you would expect from season one episodes. So I just you know went with the tried and true five out of ten. Nothing nothing bad other than like I said, I kind of noticed that it, it seemed to be laying out even more than usual um, in some even in some of the action sequences. But yeah, there weren't uh, weren't many uh, big noticeable things, but certainly nothing bad either. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I gave it the same exact score, five out of 10. Nothing bad, especially when it comes to me, a five out of 10 sometimes is a win, I feel like, for static. <laughs> so uh, five out of 10 for music from both of us. All right, Liam, let's move to our final category for this week, and that is going to be our voice acting. Uh, not a huge cast, but we do have a couple of notable na- names that uh, that we shall recognize not only from just being actors but also from uh, their past appearances in dcau and other dc animation let's talk about this week's voice cast that's absolutely true of course once again we do uh, in a minor role have marie and canales Pereira as uh, the reporter shelly sandoval uh we of course briefly have michelle morgan as sharon and kevin michael richardson as uh, as virgil's dad um speaking of a man i, I know we've talked about quite a few times on this show um and mostly in minor roles this must might be the most like meaty part he's gotten to date in something we've talked about but dennis haysbert who uh you know the the all state insurance guy um right. are you in good hands as well are as you in good hands yeah that's, that's right and uh, you know tons of other shows and and, and the president and on 24 absolutely 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 so uh yeah always fun to hear him pop up and as mentioned his delivery of let's go in there and get that actor so funny <laughs> yeah yeah I, I totally agree I, I don't know if this surpasses his appearance as Kilowog. that's a pretty that's a pretty okay funny. yeah that's, that's <laughs> but I, for the sake of this week's show we'll say yeah it's actually one of his his biggest biggest roles to date but yeah he's I don't know I, I feel like this week he's a good voice actor he definitely has a a very recognizable voice I don't know that this week's performance was his best other than that line that that line was absolutely perfect and i agree with you i noted that as soon as he said it i was like that is so funny for no reason is that line funny but uh yes they it's 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 sort of a very very dry performance like he he doesn't he has a very unique voice and there is some dryness in the way that he does deliver his lines even in in his uh in his actual you know his live action performances but 
it just felt like it was very undersold and for being the police chief i i don't know maybe it's just my maybe it's just my bias to expect a, a more demonstrative or or a gregorious um gregarious i guess it's the word not gregorious that's the <laughs> shortstop uh gregarious <laughs> a more gregarious type of uh of delivery or or appearance for a for a, a police chief but uh, yeah, it was it was OK. It's great because it's recognizable. And I think that one line stands out as being uh, being the defining line for this character for this episode, for sure. Absolutely. And uh, elsewhere in our cast, of course, we have Crystal Scales as uh, Daisy briefly. Again, I, I liked her and, and Jason Marston as Richie sort of playing off each other and, and talking sort of explaining and her explaining a way that it's not weird that Virgil hasn't come back after like an hour because he just disappears on her all the time and, <laughs> and her being her realizing that, but not quite putting together why, uh, why Richie is so concerned, I think is great. And then as mentioned, I think, I think there's some good comedy with Richie when, when, when Virgil goes up to his house and is knocking on the door and Virgil won't even, or, and Richie won't even like open the door and everything. There's some, there's some pretty funny, funny lines from uh, from Jason Marsden as Richie and uh, and Crystal Scales as Daisy in this week's episode too. Yeah, I agree. There there's a, a fine supporting cast and uh, coming off a week where we were really complimentary of Richie's uh, Richie's work and and Mr. Marsden's work. This week definitely has a lot less to do, certainly not as a, much <laughs> of a focal point, but uh, he does get to kind of play a pivotal role in that final scene of, of exposing the Johnny Morrow character. So, um, and there's a, there, he's back to sort of be an equip machine for the most part for this week's episode. So uh, yeah, all, all things considered a, a decent performances from both of them as well. Agreed. And then, yeah, uh, in addition to our, of course, our main actor, we, we have our main guest star for this week who we have talked about like at least a couple of times on this show uh -huh. um, and might have another one. Wait, if we ever cover the Music Meister episode of Bat uh, Batman the Brave and the Bold, we'll have another one to talk about. Uh -huh. so more, more DC animation credits to this fella's name that you might expect. Neil Patrick Harris. There you go. Is, uh, is playing uh, is playing the role. Come on, of say the Johnny. line. Say the line. Television's Neil Patrick Harris. Thank you. Is playing, <laughs> is, playing uh, is playing the role of uh, of Johnny slash replay in this episode. Which and this is interesting because as of the time that this would have been recorded and released, this is pre uh, How I Met Your Mother. Good hair. Uh huh. Neil Patrick Harris. This is a uh, Doogie Howser and and. Maybe the first Harold and Kumar had come out by the by okay. this point. All right. Um, maybe I don't even know if that's true or not. So like this is a this is pre superstar uh, Neil Patrick Harris, but it is it is funny because he is a very obviously he has a very recognizable voice and and uh, it, having him himself a former child star play our villain who is a who himself is a a former child star a, a brilliant bit of casting and and not the first time that we've seen an actor on one of these shows come in or be brought in by, by Andrea Romano and the producers on the show um, to sort of, uh, you know, have a little bit of art imitating life as, uh, as Neil himself was a, a formal, former child star. And, and here he comes to play our, our villain who is quite obsessed with his former fame. 
Absolutely. I mean, it, it all started way back when with, uh, you could argue with uh, Beware the Grey Ghost with Adam West playing a uh, bit of a washed up television star himself. And yeah, the, uh, the, the tradition continues here. And uh, as you mentioned, we've, we've certainly talked about him. He played the role of Ray in the Legends episode. And uh, I believe he also did Nightwing's voice in Under the Red Hood. Is that where correct? We're yeah. Yeah. So we've uh, we've covered a, a a few different performances from him before. Uh, I remember not loving his his go as Nightwing. I think his go as Ray is was excellent. Uh, I love that episode. So maybe that's uh, maybe that's painted by that. But I will say that. Uh, this is another great performance from him. I I didn't even it didn't even connect in my mind until the the credits rolled that this was him, and uh, for for him to put in a a, a solid effort as a as an actor, uh, playing a a child star actor that's washed up. And uh, again, as you mentioned before, his real his superstardom sort of took off uh again and his uh, second life as an actor took off uh it, it's pretty funny and it's it's some great meta that happens there he has some great lines uh, i love uh the opportunity he gets in that first scene the first entire scene by the way very rare i feel like we get a complete scene of exposition right off the bat where he explains who he is to this this guy holding the watch and then he has further exposition after he's escaped and headed to the the remnants of this uh, fun area this play area and he's in there in the house of mirrors talking to the different versions of himself so we get more exposition then he goes up against static so obviously with phil lamar being the voice acting giant that he is having a a a nemesis that can kind of hold their own is not all that like not all that easy to do as we've talked about before sometimes the the castings can be a a swing and a miss when uh, especially when juxtaposed against mr lamar's performances but uh, i'd say Mm -hmm. uh old nph here kind of holds his own and does a a fantastic job i really enjoyed his performance and uh that that final scene where he he has to react and and recognize he he finally got his wish to be back on television only for his heart to break when he realizes that he's been exposed and that uh, it's all going to come crashing down around him quite literally uh, i i think was uh was was a, a great uh flex of his his acting chops so I think uh, an excellent performance from from Mr. Patrick Harris here. Yeah, totally agree. I think I think in that final scene, he's fantastic. The uh, the scene where he calls Static on the shock box, I think he's real. He's just real slimy and sinister in that scene too. He's, he's sort of going over how he's and bragging about how he's destroyed Static's reputation and how uh, you know his next uh, his next t- a target won't be uh, won't be about money. It's all going to be personal. Like there's a real kind of sinister slimy edge to him throughout some of that scene and then yeah that sort of a uh, like genuine joy and and astonishment when he realizes he's on tv is is quite good as well so yeah very good job by uh, by mr patrick harris and then you of course have uh we've talked about him a lot we talk about him all the time because he's on all these shows <laughs> seemingly <laughs> phil lamar back again this week as static and he i guess other than you know, Patrick Harris, he has the second most to do in this episode. Um, he does get a little bit more, I think, throughout the throughout the uh, the second half of the episode. Once once he's sort of put uh, put on uh, or is made aware of of the evil static, and 
he's reacting to that and then he's sort of pleading with the 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 police chief not to, not to come after him that they have the wrong guy and then uh, you know after the police almost catch him and he escapes they we cut to him and he's just sort of sitting on this hill outside the city and he's really down on himself and he's so frustrated and and then uh, I, yeah i think i think he gets a, a little bit to do this week and unsurprisingly he does a, a very good job with it yeah, I, I really liked the scene where uh, after he's kind of figured out that he's been set up and there's this doppelganger and he's frustrated where he sees the the uh, the crime in progress on the television while he's at the at the restaurant and the uh, the the voiceover says that static is struck again and he has to st- he stands up in the middle of the restaurant and exclaims he has not or whatever he says and uh, has to show a little bit of anger and frustration <laughs> and even his interactions with Richie where he's trying to plead with Richie to believe him that he hasn't you know that this evil twin does exist and for whatever reason richie's character refuses to believe even though he's seen all of these metahumans richie refuses to believe that there could possibly be a metahuman that somehow created a duplicate of of static but sure uh but yeah so his frustration in that and his his sort of gentle pleading with richie to help him to kind of hack the the shock box i loved that but uh, yeah, unsurprisingly, we've talked about it all month. We'll continue to talk to talk about it every single time that he shows up. Uh, Mr. Phil Lamar, voice acting legend, uh, really, really, really good at his job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not uh, not surprising there. But yeah, like we said, for all for all the reasons we've mentioned, I actually settled on a a pretty darn strong nine out of ten for my voice acting this week. Uh, that's awesome uh yep you can definitely tell that we are blood related and have similar thought processes this week a quick reminder in case we haven't talked about this in a while we don't discuss our scores before we go on the air no we do Uh, not (laughs) but uh yeah my also gave it a uh, a nine out of ten for that same exact reason so strong strong week with some some great supporting cast for phil lamar a great uh great nemesis for him to go up against and to uh to verbally spar with him i felt like for this week so a uh, strong score from both both of us uh, on a on a fun week, a fun episode. Absolutely. All right, Liam, let's uh, tally up our scores. Tallying up my scores, getting to the end here, I end up with a uh, a pretty decent twenty eight out of forty. What about you? And uh, as you mentioned, we had very similar scores across all of our categories. Uh, I do have, I, I do thanks to I think one uh, one point difference. In our visuals category, I have a final score of 29 out of 40. So, uh, yeah, pretty pretty similar as, uh, as things often are on this show. Yeah, absolutely. Well, of course, now that we've given our scores, we're going to talk about rewatchability. Um, character replay doesn't show up again. Uh, we do get the origin story of the mall. So I, I do yes. think that the argument could be made. The backstory of the mall, if you come into season three and the mall's there... <laughs> And you're like, where did this mall come from? Like, this is you need this episode to to figure out where the mall came from and how it came to be, the <laughs> story of the mall and how it came to be. Uh, <laughs> man, so many so many jokes happening. Uh, yeah. Uh, so it's not overall. Overall, this does not have long term uh, uh, value to the entire show here. There's not a lot of distrust that occurs or that sticks around with static mm-hmm. after this, that you might've seen as a thread that could have made this feel like it was a, uh, more important 
story again replay does not uh, i believe he's mentioned in one other episode but uh, you don't really see him uh again so uh, i'd say despite all of the fun that i had this week uh this is uh this is a skip yeah i think this is one where you enjoy it as a as 22 minutes of fun if it's your first time through the series sure definitely give this one a watch but uh when we, we talk about the rewatch abilities the ones we and, and you, the listeners, might come back to again and again. Yeah, unfortunately, this one isn't uh, isn't high up on the list, despite being quite a bit of fun. All right. All right, Liam. Well, that will begin to wrap us up. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. And don't forget, please subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app. And if that is Apple Podcasts uh, or Google Podcasts, please give us a rating. We would love that. You can rate us on both of those. Five stars would be much appreciated. And uh, if uh, if it lets you leave a little paragraph or a little uh, review and you feel inclined or feeling generous or you want to support us, that is a way to do so on Apple Podcasts. We always appreciate that. Um, additionally, as we already mentioned, you can subscribe to us on youtube.com slash the pod tower. Uh, that helps us out. Uh, not only does it help us out, uh, but it also helps out our friends at the Watchtower database and Tim Talk, who also put out a lot of great content, sort of a DCAU and DCAU adjacent. So check out their stuff as well while you're on the pod tower. Uh, of course, you can also support us if you would like to uh, with, uh, with a couple of dollars, you can head over to dcaureview.com, click on the store tab, pick yourself up a piece of merch, or you can use the link at the bottom of the podcast here. You'll see an anchor link and you can support us that way. Liam, it's been a great week. We're talking all about this, of course, on our social medias, which is another opportunity to support us at DCAU Review, both on Twitter and Instagram. It's been a fun month. We uh, we will be bidding the sunny skies of Dakota adieu for now, though, and we uh, we're going to be shifting to uh, a fun, exciting month that we have coming up here. Let's, uh, let's give a little preview for the month of June. That is right, Cal. And uh, as we like to do about once a year, we, we work in our, our non-main DCAU episodes uh, here and there throughout the year. Usually if we have a, a fifth Saturday in a month, we usually put one in. But about once a year, we like to do a full month of Elseworlds reviews and we are, are going to be going back to that concept next month, the month of June. And uh, we've picked uh, one of my, one of your, one of, should be everybody's favorite characters. Maybe he's not. But uh, we're going to be focusing on uh, none other than the boy wonder himself. And, 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 and specifically, alternate non-DCAU animated versions of Robin himself. Yeah, uh, so this character has been around for quite a while, almost as long as the Dark Knight himself. So uh, definitely worth discussing all the various different versions uh, of of Robin. Obviously, we've only talked about one of the DCAU Robins at this point uh, for, for, uh, for what it's worth. I guess we get, did mention Tim a little bit in when we reviewed uh, Batman Beyond Return of the Joker. but uh, yes. And of course, our bonus episodes, which... Uh covered uh, all of the Robins in the, the Batman Adventures Continue uh, seasons one and two reviews. There you go. Absolutely. So uh, we've talked about Robin before on various episodes, but it's going to be a fun time to really set an entire month aside and discuss the Boy Wonder himself uh, in various incarnations across animation. So I cannot wait to do that with you. Liam, that will kick off next month. But until then, I am Cal. And I'm Liam. 
we will talk to you on the next episode of the DCAU Review. Bye-bye.